Hello everyone and welcome to this episode. So again, just like to make sure the body is supported. So if you are sitting down, perhaps you can just check in with the body and adjust if need if you need to as well as as I'm doing now just ensuring my back is supported against the uh, against the chair and it's almost a letting go even in the position of your body, just whether you're sitting on the ground, standing, trusting in the the solidity, the support of the ground as you walk and as I sit in a chair it's almost may sound a bit strange but just trusting in the <laughs> in the support of the chair allowing the body to relax. Sometimes it can be ever so subtle when the body is gripping, it's tensing and holding. Maybe there's some more space to relax. There's something else you can let go and relieve some tension. questioning myself whether to talk about this or not but I think it may be a good teaching experience for myself and for anyone who's listening as well just of how how life is a great teacher and a great practice as well if we were to share with somebody that you know I'm on a spiritual path or I meditate or I'm present then maybe they'll have it in their mind that oh maybe he sits and meditates for several hours each day or maybe she has a strict pro you know process and routine of concentration and <laughs> and effort of trying to be spiritual but it's just simply a way of being it's almost the fabric of life it's not a a practice in the sense of you know 10 minutes here or five minutes there, it's, that can be done, but it's the totality of it. It's not you being spiritual for five minutes or you meditating for 10 minutes and then returning back to normal life. <laughs> 
but I think that's why they it's referred to as an awakening you know you're fully you know most of our lives perhaps we were asleep asleep in thought asleep in a constant stream of realities created by the mind and now we've woken up to it so yesterday I was in bed and as I turned in my sleep or maybe I was semi-awake I felt a bit of pain in my chest and and soon after I woke up I you know the pain was a bit there and I felt where it was and it was actually it was in my breast and I immediately felt what I thought was either a bite or a lump and on closer inspection it it seemed more like a lump because it was it was hard underneath the skin instead of a bite where usually there's you know it's it protrudes from the skin the bite usually it's it's on the surface but so I thought um, I was still unsure and so I made an appointment with the doctor who took a look and confirmed it is a, a lump and actually before I made the appointment I you know I was I remember being very calm and thinking okay you know what can be done in this case and I remembered the we have the um, NHS website here in the UK which is just almost like a database of symptoms and explanations medical explanations so I did a quick search and read a useful article about you know um, lumps found in in the breast of men and it mentioned you know most of the time it's it's benign it's it's not a serious thing it happens rarely and it's rarely serious so you know I took action in that moment there was no thought of oh you know what this no worry or there was no conjecture and and again with the doctor confirmed us you know and uh, it was a lump and so now I'm in a, a bit of a waiting stage so we agreed to wait at least a week or two to see if there's any changes you know if, for example if it disappears then we know it's it's not a anything cancerous or anything serious and if it doesn't then we can move on to scans and biopsies but but in this moment there is there is only the now and if I choose to I can perhaps generate thoughts about this of okay you know what about if it is serious what do I do <laughs> and I've largely not even generated those thoughts just remained in the now those thoughts are not 
important in this moment. It seems like everything that's needed to be done has been done. And then when that time period comes up in a week, then maybe some more action would be needed then. But but in this week, I'm not waiting for anything. I'm not hoping that this disappears or, you know, it will just run its course. It's in a funny way, it's almost none of my business <laughs> in a really uh, strange way because life is now, is here and this is again overlooked by the mind whether there's a, something serious happening or something not so serious happening in a, in a sense, they're the same. It's so, you know, everything's happening, all of the changing and things developing and happening and coming and going and being created and destroyed. It's all happening in the unchanging. So that's why I mean by everything's almost the same. Whether this is serious or not, it's all happening in the unchanging. Action is being taken that is needed, but if I was to worry about this, then for me that would largely be quite useless to worry about it. Perhaps, you know, if something down the line happens where maybe I could take out, you know, a period of time to research or do something if that comes to that point or that needs to be done, then that will happen then. But now life is happening. And only now can be experienced the aliveness, the awareness of now. And it's so much more more pleasant than the stream of thoughts especially around this particular issue you know I can almost feel sometimes the thoughts creep in and then I become aware oh, okay yes and it's not rejecting them or trying to push them down it's the mind reacting how it you know what you know at times sometimes my mind will jump to the future and ask me the question what about it if it's bad all about if it's some treatment is required and then I can almost just watch that question and allow it to dissolve you know I can understand in this moment it's not there's no benefit there for me trying to to go down this road So this is a more of extreme example of of life being almost a teacher when a challenge arises. It could be a different a difficult interaction with somebody. You know, this is what can wake us up, what can help us refocus and 
remind us of our true nature. we can just take a few moments of of stillness and again as we read in the miracle of mindfulness I've managed to remember the title today we can just be aware of the position of our bodies something that it mentioned you know just to, just to be aware of how the body is positioned you know whether you're sat down or standing or walking just and this is almost the anchor to remain in the now and an anchor can be extremely useful especially as you as we've go on this journey where we experience the the flux of being in presence and then suddenly you're in thought and you'll catch yourself in thought and think how long have I been in thought <laughs> and then you may want to step back to to being in presence but sometimes an anger can be useful when perhaps you may be going into a situation that may provoke unconsciousness so the anchor of the body of the uh, inner energy stream as well perhaps we can just touch base with that watched the uh, podcast between Russell Brand and Eckhart yes, it was largely uh, Eckhart talking and Russell listening <laughs> and there was a, a very useful reminder about the almost the art of living in this path but you know the having one foot in beingness and one foot in doing it's almost the art of balancing that, balancing the being and doing. And for some of us, we may need to do more being than doing. You know, usually because doing comes so natural. We've, you know, most of us have probably come from, you know, the complete being consumed by doing, and so. 
there's the um, the art of inviting the beingness into the doing and how you know we would always have a foot in each as obviously we have the human form and we have as part of living our life that you know some doing is re- is required but perhaps you know some doing can also be reduced as well maybe maybe there's not many people that are not you know doing enough doing <laughs> maybe there's uh, too many of us who are exceeding our quota of what what's needed to be done so that's something we can almost take into our day you know we can maybe look to the day ahead or it's at the end of your day we can look at tomorrow and think you know perhaps you can you know carry that into your day the being into the doing and it's, again this could be moments where you know you're driving you know taking your commute to work or you know an interaction with somebody you can bring some beingness to it you can anchor into your inner body as you listen as an anchor as you respond as well so you're not in reaction there's a there's a spaciousness around the conversation that may be may be triggering that may bring up a lot of pain or stress or it could be you know eating your lunch you know either at home or work you know there could be some beingness in that something that usually it's all it's all about the doing you know you know I'm uh, I do this very often lose consciousness when we eat you know we often enjoy the food or you know we're chewing and swallowing and we've already got the next spoonful ready as we you know said in the in the book last week you know about mindful eating about the movement of you know gathering the food picking up the food or bringing it you know to your mouth and a spoon or tasting chewing swallowing feeling the sensations and then and if another spoonful is required or another mouthful then each each moment is seen and it's you're almost in a flow of that so perhaps it's a good time to pick up where we left off in the miracle of mindfulness So this is the start of chapter 2, so we covered several passages of chapter 1, of some of you know, some examples and some, you know, almost, I don't know if you'd call them anecdotes or just short passages of stories that carried the lessons of mindfulness in them. So chapter 2 and the title of this first passage is the miracle is to walk on earth. Alan said that 
since he's begun to consider Joey's and Sue's time as his own, he has unlimited time. Because there are doubtless times when Alan forgets to consider Joey's time as his own time, while going over Joey's homework with him, and thus Alan may lose that time. Alan my hope for the time to pass quickly, or he may grow impatient because that time seems wasted to him, because it isn't his own time. And so, if he really wants unlimited time, he will have to keep alive the realisation that this is my time throughout the time he's studying with Joey. But during such times, one's mind is inevitably distracted by other thoughts. And so if one really wants to keep one's consciousness alive, from now on, I'll use the term mindfulness to refer to keeping one's consciousness alive to the present reality then one must practice right now, in one's daily life, not only during meditation sessions. When you are walking along a path leading into a village, you can practice mindfulness. Walking along a dirt path, surrounded by patches of green grass, if you practice mindfulness, you will experience that path, the path leading into the village. You practice by keeping this one thought alive. I'm walking along the path leading into the village. Whether it's sunny or rainy, whether the path is dry or wet, you keep that one thought but not just repeating it like a machine over and over again. Machine thinking is the opposite of mindfulness. If we're really engaged in mindfulness while walking along the path to the village, then we will consider the act of each step we take as an infinite wonder and a joy will open our hearts like a flower, enabling us to enter the world of reality. I like to walk alone on country paths, rice plants and wild grasses on both sides, putting each foot down on the earth in mindfulness, knowing that I walk on the wondrous earth. In such moments, Existence is a miraculous and mysterious reality. People usually consider walking on water or in thin air a miracle. But I think the real miracle is not to walk either on water or in thin air, but to walk on earth. Every day we are engaged in a miracle which we don't even recognise, a blue sky, white clouds, green leaves, the black, 
curious eyes of a child, our own two eyes, all is a miracle. So that was the passage about the miracle is to walk on earth. And again, just to highlight what is being said here about machine thinking, where almost the pointer we've used is turned into almost a concept for the mind to repeat over and over instead of each action, each footstep is its own beginning and end. So we're not doing it to reach the destination to the village, but the actual journey itself is within each footstep. And you can almost uh, imagine the that process because you know most of our lives I have walked you know not in this space I've walked to get to a destination I've walked in a hurry where my legs are extremely tense wanting to get there and then feeling the the pain in my calves you know the, the I can even you know during those times you could feel even the hardening of the muscles as they were so tense to get to that destination there was no consciousness at all in any of the footsteps it was all you know one's footstep to get to the next and to get to the next street and checking checking the time and it was almost the opposite of what's being said here where each footstep is a wonder each footstep is its is its own totality, its own entirety. So the next passage is called Sitting. Zen Master Doc D says that when sitting in meditation, one should sit upright giving birth to this thought. Sitting here is like on the Bodhi spot. The Bodhi spot is where Lord Buddha sat when he obtained enlightenment. If any person can become a Buddha, and the Buddhas are all those countless persons who have obtained enlightenment, then many have sat on the very spot I sit on now. Sitting on the same spot as a Buddha gives rise to happiness, and sitting in mindfulness means itself to have become a Buddha. The poet Nyan Kong Tru experienced the same thing when he sat down on a certain spot and suddenly saw how others had sat on the same spot countless ages ago and how in ages to come others would also come to sit there. 
on the same spot I sit today. Others came in ages past to sit. One thousand years, still others will come. Who is the singer and who the listener? That spot and the minutes he spent there became a link in eternal reality. But active, concerned people don't have time to spend leisurely walking along paths of green grass and sitting beneath trees. One must prepare projects, consult with the neighbours, try to resolve a million difficulties. There is hard work to do. One must deal with every kind of hardship, every moment keeping one's attention focused on the work, alert, ready to handle the situation ably and intelligently. You might well ask, then how are we to practice mindfulness? My answer is, keep your attention focused on the work. Be alert and ready to handle ably and intelligently any situation which may arise. This is mindfulness. There is no reason why mindfulness should be different from focusing all one's attention on one's work, to be alert and to be using one's best judgment. During the moment one is consulting, resolving and dealing with whatever arises, a calm heart and self-control are necessary if one is to obtain good results. Anyone can see that if we are not in control of ourselves, but instead let our impatience or anger interfere, then our work is no longer of any value. Mindfulness is the miracle by which we master and restore ourselves. Consider, for example, a magician who cuts his body into many parts and places each part in a different region, hands in the south, arms in the east, legs in the north, and then by some miraculous power lets forth a cry which resembles whole every part of his body. Mindfulness is like that. It is the miracle which can call back in a flash our dispersed mind and restore it to wholeness so that we can live each minute of life. So what comes to mind here is a similar example of when we were washing the dishes there. There's almost a single immersion in the task at hand. And in this example, it's about a very relatable example of, you know, perhaps in a busy workplace. You know, there's projects, there's hard work to do, there's things that need to be resolved. But just like the footsteps 
leading to the village, the path leading to the village. This example is showing its own path where each task is given your full attention, your full immersion. But with the awareness of your immersion, you're not lost in the task. You're fully immersed in the task, in the awareness of doing. And it's saying here that with that single-mindedness focus, with the, that alertness, you'll be able to handle things ably and intelligently. If, for example, there isn't that immersion, maybe there is some anger there, it's talked about here, or impatience, this can interfere with the the quality of work that's done, the quality of your attention on this task. If it's tainted or mixed in with anger, then it says here that our work is no longer of any value. And it's easy to see that because anger comes from a very unstable place. You know, things are done by impulse or there's a reaction you know, often later regretted. Or if there's impatience, then again, there's a loss of that connection to the total intelligence in the now. Now you are, you know, you switch to the very narrow frequency of the mind and the mind's impatiently trying to get something done. But but by doing this task in single-mindedness, in a mindful, imbued manner, the totality the, is almost a, a holistic practice. Everything is considered. So when something comes up, you know, you're operating on full intelligence, full capacity. And again, just to repeat one of the lines, and in my Kindle it's highlighted here as well. The readers are like, you know, able to highlight and this shares the you know, the popular passages that have been highlighted by many other readers and and it's this one here which I will read again. Mindfulness is the miracle by which we master and restore ourselves. And perhaps that's a, a good place to leave the at the end of that passage. So, how can we master ourselves? And this isn't something to achieve or something that someday we'll get to, it's talking about the mastering is there, it's available and it's another way perhaps is mastering this moment these are different pointers than we've come across in Eckhart's book 
of a way to say it in in what we've come across previously is can I fully accept this moment suddenly a problem has arisen or a challenge has arisen in the workplace or in the family situation or in your personal life can I accept and fully embrace this give it to my full awareness without the loss of your consciousness without the loss of that stillness that you are and can I act from this place where you'll be you know you'll be able to access your full intelligence Okay, thank you for joining me for today's episode and I'll speak to you again very soon. Take care.